Welcome to Coping with Ghosting, the show that provides hope, healing, and understanding for anyone who has been ghosted. I'm Greta, and today I'm diving into lots of different dating ghost topics from red flags to online dating to how to meet people in real life. My guest is Evgenia Theodora, and she is a professional matchmaker, dating coach, and founder of Shmea Events and Speed Date LA. Her curated dating events are popular throughout California with events throughout Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego, and the San Francisco Bay Area. Her approach is a unique one. All potential attendees go through a screening and verification process to become eligible for the guest list and are then only invited to events when people who are their type will actually be there. The goal is to save time and have more fun on the journey of organic in-person dating. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. You've been a dating coach and a matchmaker for over 10 years. I wonder what red flags have you seen that could indicate that somebody is about to ghost? Well, first, I know this is something that you've done before, but I like to kind of start off with my definitions of what ghosting are. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I think ghosting is you've reached out to someone, preferably with a question, and they have dropped off the face of the planet. They don't get back to you. Ghosting wouldn't be that someone has changed their communication with you or has, you know, been reaching out less or even someone who stopped reaching out, but you didn't try reaching out. I wouldn't necessarily call that ghosting. Um, I also like to differentiate ghosting versus the slow fade, because I do think that we use that so interchangeably, right? The slow fade is both, by the way, are, in my opinion, emotionally immature and not it when it comes to dating. Um, Common, both common. I almost think the slow fade is more common um, where someone just starts to kind of slowly respond less or more slowly, or you're not hearing from them as often, or their responses are more curt and you're starting to wonder what's going on and it's confusing and it's a mind game. But again, a little different than ghosting. The reason that I say that is because I do think that the slow fade is more common when it comes to someone just ghosting. I just think it's it's more common in an online, you know, dating app situation um, versus someone that you have an actual in-person, real live relationship with. Yes, obviously it does happen. Is there a warning sign? There could be. I don't know that there is though. I think that people, when they ghost, it's something going on on their end and they need to vanish for whatever reason. It could be about you. It could also just be about them. So if you're, you know, constantly living on edge, looking for a sign that someone is about to ghost you, I think you're going to be very unhappy. I think you're going to be very anxious. And I just wouldn't recommend it. I think people know in their gut if something is different, but talk about it. Ask the question, you know, instead of trying to figure out what's going on at someone else's end, ask what you need to know. That's my, that's my recommendation. It's just ask what you need to know. I agree. I think that we should not let our ghosts rest in peace. I think that we should harness the power of our voice and actually say, Hey, are you okay? Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Or 
something more casual. In fact, I did actually write a communication guide about this um, with Erin Fisher from Atlantic Mediation. You can find it at copingwithghosting.com. It's free. It's a resource that you can download. It's six texts to send over to your ghost when you feel like you're being ghosted. And it talks about a lot of different situations. I define ghosting as the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone suddenly and without explanation, withdrawing from all communication. That's from Oxford Languages. And in this definition, I believe that it is never your fault if you are ghosted. You cannot control somebody else's behavior. You are only responsible for yourself. If somebody doesn't you know, if they suddenly end a relationship without any type of explanation, that's on them. That's their avoidant behavior. That's their crummy behavior. And sometimes it's obviously abusive or cruel behavior. So whatever the reasoning is, it's really, that's really on them. And it's your job not to analyze why or what happened, but it's your job to focus on yourself and move forward in healthy, healthy ways, um, to recover from the pain of it. So thank you so much for your perspective on that. That was really, really interesting to hear. And I also will say, I think it just piggybacking off of you. I always think it's important to differentiate because I think it's important that we hold ourselves accountable as well. If someone tells you they're not interested, right. Mm -hmm. And then you ask questions or you're following up, you're repeatedly trying to get in touch with them and they're not responding to you. That's not ghosting. That's a boundary. And that's not going against anything that you said. I just think it's always important in these situations and in these conversations to like differentiate between shitty behavior and boundaries being set. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. And you have to go even further. If there is abuse and somebody just suddenly leaves a relationship, that's all about safety and self-protection. So this is clearly, it's a complex topic. It's very nuanced. There's lots of caveats here. And so I'm really glad that you pointed that out. I wonder why do you think online relationships and dating apps can lead to ghosting? I think that dating app culture and just technology in general, we are such a technology-based society. We are all living on our own islands. We have gotten further and further away from the community-based you know, lifestyle of like our ancestors. It's just made human connection and dating just so disposable. It is so easy to meet someone new and to have this mentality that, okay, sure, I had this fun date, but what's next? I'm sure there's something better for me, like one swipe away. It's a game, right? It's you do it with your fingers. It's such a game. And so when there isn't that investment there, it's going to be a lot easier to, to ghost, right? And especially if you haven't met yet. Um, I do think there's a difference between someone you have not actually met in person yet that you've just been chatting with versus someone that you've gone on you know, a couple of dates with. But in general, either way, I do think that there is much more disposability in dating um, and dating app culture. Right. And it's so hard to hold anyone accountable. Like this is a stranger, right? So you don't know their friends, their friends don't know you. It's, it's easier to just say, okay, whatever. I'll just drop out of this, uh, chat or this relationship. It's not like our families know each other. It's not like my mom's going to come and tell me like, why did you do that, son? I hear you on that. And, Additionally, I think that what you were saying, like 
online dating is like a game, like the beeps and the buzzes. It sounds like Vegas in there. (laughs) So I think in order to be more successful in dating, there needs to be more investment. mm -hmm. And so that is why I urge people to get off the apps right away. And not, and I, I don't mean don't use dating apps. You can, if that works for you. But what I mean is don't leave it online, go meet in person, Mm -hmm. do things together and make sure that there's investment happening. You can curate investment on someone else's end. You Mm -hmm. just like you're curing it on your end by having these experiences together um, that are going to help you connect with one another and emotionally invest in one another the time, the time investment, you know, all of these little things you can do will curate that and emo- that investment so that you're not left wondering like, where did it go wrong? Why is it so disposable? But if you're just leaving things online, you're building up this perception in your head of who that person is when you don't even know if that's who they really are. You don't know if you would have chemistry in real life. Um, so I always urge people to get off, uh, you know, don't, don't do more than a few message exchanges. Absolutely. I think those are words of wisdom. Definitely. I don't know if you've heard of this, but recently I discovered that there is an app. It's, I forget what it's called, um, but it's like a keyboard overlay where you basically use it as your wing person on dating apps. And so it's a bot where you're having the, like it starts the conversation in the dating app. And then you take a screenshot of what the other person said. And then the bot comes up with a witty response and you use that. And this is all the beta testing of some product from some guy from Silicon Valley. Um, I don't recommend, I don't recommend it. Um, Yeah. I think that's, that's feeding into the lack of investment, right? Like you're now you're not even having, having to think of your own conversation topics. Yeah. Um, How do you know that person's a real human? How will you know if they're even able to have a conversation in real life? Yeah, that's, I mean, again, like, what can you really trust online just to meet in person and see is kind of my philosophy, because honestly, someone could have the best pictures, someone could have the wittiest responses online, Um, someone can have the perfect job, and these things about them can all be very true, but that's not going to tell you if you'll have a connection. Mm -hmm. That's not going to tell you if there's chemistry, Right. that's not going to tell you if you (laughs) enjoy being around them. Agree. Many folks in the coping with ghosting community have been ghosted by people they felt close to, but only had online relationships with. This screen to screen relationship was sometimes due to the pandemic, but it's also like I've seen it where people were dating in different countries and there were some other unique circumstances. I know you're really big on people meeting in real life, but if someone is dating online, how long should they wait before meeting someone in person? And what should they do if the person they're talking to doesn't even want to meet? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think you brought up interesting points, right? Like with the pandemic, of course, it was harder to meet, get in person right away. But even then, like, you know, there were Zoom dates and there were phone call dates. And the same thing I think goes for if you're meeting someone uh, if you're dating someone across the country, that said, even Zoom and phone call dates, you're not going to really get a sense of like how the pheromones connect, how the chemistry works. And so while I do think that online dating has opened doors and allowed people to 
have access to a lot more people than they normally would, which is in many ways awesome, in many ways makes it harder to date and worse because of the paradox of choice. Um, I really do recommend, you know, whether you're meeting someone on a dating app or whether you've met at a bar and you exchange phone numbers to just go on that date as quickly as possible. If someone doesn't want to meet you in person, I think that's a red flag. I think watch the show Catfish and see what maybe that could be going on. In terms of things like safety and comfort level, it doesn't really matter if you're meeting someone in person or online. There can always technically be a safety issue, but if you're meeting in a public place and you're staying in that public place, you should be okay. Um, Obviously, always trust your gut. Never do anything that you're uncomfortable with. Um, But I really do think that you are sort of setting yourself up for failure if you are keeping your relationship online, even if that includes phone calls and Zoom dates, because you just aren't going to get to see how you work in the real world. And I would consider maybe you have your own, you know, fear of intimacy. Maybe you have your own fear of rejection that you're not looking at. And that's why you're more comfortable in an online relationship because an online relationship isn't real. So in a way it's like, you're, you're making sure that you're not getting hurt because you're staying in something that's not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's so important to get out there and meet the person that you want to be with or want to have a date with as soon as possible. Okay. And I know that there are hard circumstances that may prevent you from doing that, but with all your power and all your will make that a priority, right? Like what you're not changing, you're choosing. So it's important to take action and, and make that happen. Yeah. I think it can be really easy to like play the victim in dating a little bit which makes sense to me because, and that's, you know, whatever you're feeling in terms of your dating journey is completely valid. Dating is so frustrating at times. Dating is so exhausting at times, but like, we have to remember it's supposed to be fun. And so if we're not having fun, like let's examine that. Let's, let's make it fun. Let's make sure that we're getting that out of it because at the end of the day, you're just meeting new people. You're going on excursions, you're trying new restaurants or new bars or you're, you know, a new coffee shop and you're meeting someone new. Maybe you're learning something new about yourself. Maybe you're learning something new about what you like or what you're attracted to. Um, and I think, so I think sometimes part of the exhaustion and draining that comes from dating is just having too high of expectations of like what we expect out of a date. It really should just be about like enjoying yourself in the moment and seeing what happens. Not every date is going to lead to the love of your life and they shouldn't, right? Because then it wouldn't be special. That's all really good and helpful advice. And I wonder how can people meet potential romantic matches in real life? Yeah. So one thing is that I host curated dating events. So what's great about that, if you are in California, is that we get to know your preferences. We get to know what you're attracted to and you get invited to events where those kinds of people will actually be there. So you can meet in person and see if there's chemistry. Um, it's a really fun social experience. New friends are made, romantic connections are made. We have games, comedy, um, things like open bars. It's really fun. But even if you're not able to do something like that, I just think it's all about getting yourself out there, right? 
I saw uh, I saw like a really cute video on Instagram where someone was like, I'm giving up on dating. That very same day, her neighbor showed up at her door with like wine and then they've been together ever since. That mm-hmm. is rare. That's not going to happen to you. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but it's not. Um, you have to go out. And so what that could look like is maybe you try a new coffee shop every week that you hang out at. Maybe you join a sports league. Maybe you, you know, round up a friend or two and you start going out um, to a a brewery. I like breweries a little bit more than, than um, you know, nightlife just because it's going to be a little lighter, a little brighter. Uh, people are going to be socializing. You can go on a week weekend afternoon. You can go on an evening, but it's not going to be all dark and loud. You might go to your local park. You know, there's just, it just really is about getting out there. Also just being open to approaching, I think, especially for women. Um, and I think straight women in, in specific, there has been research to suggest that when women approach the man, uh, that those tend to be more successful. And so I do encourage women to just approach men to start conversations. It does. I, this does not mean to do all the work. Please do not do that. Um, this does not mean to overextend yourself. Please do not do that. But it does mean, hey, if you see someone that catches your attention, why not say something to them? Why not give them an opportunity to show you that they're charming and fun and maybe are interested back? Um, And I think the more that you do this, the less scary it becomes. I think the first few times will be scary because obviously there's always, you know, that chance for quote unquote rejection. But if you can start to look at rejection as redirection and you can just start to look at things as not a reflection of yourself, but instead a reflection of the other person and, and your needs just not aligning or matching up, it just starts to get a lot easier and it starts to become very empowering. So I really just urge people to empower themselves more. I love that. Those are such wonderful ideas. And I, I like that you said, yeah, just go to the park, go to a coffee shop. I, so many great places to go. I'd also um, add to that. I'd say meetup.com is a really great resource as well. They have lots of cool different hobby groups. Um, so you could do something that you're super passionate about, including volunteering. Volunteering is a great way to meet people who really care about a certain cause, the same cause you are dedicated to. So love, love those ideas. You also mentioned that rejection is redirection and it means that it's not the right fit. I'm not a huge fan of the word rejection. I just think it means it's not the right fit because the truth is what you said, which is that it's just, it's not a reflection of you. It's not, it's not personal if it doesn't work out. It's just about what, where they're at and what they need and what they want. It has nothing to do with you. So even if it wasn't the right fit, it ha- it doesn't mean anything about you. You're still worthy and lovable and deserving of amazing relationship. I think that when something happens that we are not pleased with, it is so normal to want to really dissect what happened. And I think that that can be useful to an extent. You're never really going to know what the other person is thinking. I mean, you can maybe you'll have, be able to have a conversation with them depending on how how deep into the relationship you got maybe you won't maybe you'll never understand from their perspective what happened but i do think where reflection is helpful is that it can help you figure out what you did that you liked and what you did that you didn't like and honestly it's totally possible that you said something or did something that gave them the ick that turned them off 
but they didn't communicate that with you. So that's on them. It's totally possible that you said something that they were like, oh, whoa, we're not compatible. Or, oh, whoa, that was a weird thing that they said. It's completely possible. But if you were you through and through that entire time, then it's not a fit because you were just being yourself. However, if you were not being yourself, if you felt like you were putting on a front or you weren't showing your full heart because you were scared to show who you are, then that teaches you that you need to go forward in your next relationship or your next dating situation, fully present, fully showing up as the most authentic version of yourself. So that if something happens where someone chooses not to continue a relationship with you, you can say, well, that's okay because I showed up as my full and authentic self and we were not a fit. Perfect. Yes. I wonder you're a dating coach. What if a client came to you and they said, I've been ghosted. What would you say to them? I would be curious to learn more about the situation first and foremost, because I just think there is background to every story. There are two sides to every story. And I'd be curious from their perspective, what it felt like, what happened and what they went through. But at the end of the day, I would want that person to move forwards and not stay stuck in a situation that wasn't meant for them. So I say, give yourself time to grieve, give yourself time to be sad, give yourself time to be upset. That is okay. I recommend journaling. I love um, kind of going back to, okay, this didn't work, but what do I want? What do I need? So I never want anyone to make a list of like a checklist of what they want in a partner, but I like people to think about What do I want in a relationship? What do I want my relationship to look like? What do I want communication with my future partner to look like? What do I want um, the activities that like the weekends we spend together? What do I want our time spent together looking like? And I bet it won't look like that person ghosting you. So already you're winning if that person's not in your life anymore. Um, And I just really recommend focusing on the future and focusing on what you do want and just getting excited because This just means as hard as it is to see it in the moment, and it's completely valid that it's difficult to see it in the moment. How exciting is it that you are now one step closer to finding a person who's going to stay and you're one step closer to finding a person that's the right fit for you. And you're also one step closer to, to being a better version of yourself because we always can self-improve. We can always be better. And by having these experiences, you're learning more about what you might be doing wrong and how you could show up more authentically as yourself Mm -hmm. and how you can heal your anxious attachment. Because oftentimes if you're repeatedly getting ghosted or repeatedly in situations where you're feeling anxious about what's going on, it's because you're in an anxious attachment cycle. So it all starts with self-healing and getting excited about moving forward into the future, something stronger and more stable and healthier. Yes. That is a really great way to help your clients who've been through some of these things. I agree that reflection and using it as an opportunity to kind of take inventory of what it is you want and it's the perfect time to do it, right? Go inward, focus on yourself. The ghost is now in the past. And so it's time to move forward in your own power and heal and take it slow and grieve, like you mentioned, but to do everything you can to get to a point where you can achieve your goals in dating. Yeah. And I also, I will say, 
one thing that can always be very enlightening to people is ask yourself the question, have you made space? Have you truly made space in your life, physically, emotionally, mentally, for a partner? Are you carrying any past hurt? Because if you're carrying past hurt into the next relationship, you're making less space. You're making less room for the next person. So if you truly want to find a partner, you're going to clear that space and that negative energy because you you need that space for that person to be able to take it. Those are great points that you bring up. Thank you. Yeah. How can listeners connect with you? Well, you can find us on Instagram um, and TikTok. Uh, it is Speed Date LA. Um, and that's a great way to just follow along with our events and dating tips, dating advice. And um, feel free to send me a direct message. I am always happy to chat. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. And everyone, be sure to remember when you're ghosted, you have more time to connect with yourself and people with awesome communication skills. You deserve the best. And finally, for those of you who have been so kind and asked me where I've been for the past month and a half, I've had a bunch of transitions in my life. I moved across the country. Now I'm back in Southern California. And I also had a broken finger. It wasn't too bad. I didn't have to get surgery, but it really did affect a lot of my productivity because it was really hard to type um, and use a computer and do a lot of things. I also had COVID, which was really unfortunate, but I'm all healed now. I can successfully bend my finger and I think I'm more back to normal than I've been in a while. So I have a great lineup of guests planned for 2023. And I'm really excited because I also have some great things on the horizon, including a downloadable Take Your Power Back workshop, which I'll be sharing more about in an upcoming episode. Finally, I just want you to know that if you've been ghosted, just remember you're not alone. This wasn't your fault. And there is hope and healing to be done. And you can get through this, there are brighter days ahead. If you haven't already, join my Facebook group. It's Coping with Ghosting. It's private. And you can go ahead and share your story there. And it's a very welcoming, kind community. Additionally, if you have a few minutes and you haven't already left a review, I would be so grateful if you could please do so because I would just really like to spread this important message to as many people as I can. And your review will really help this podcast be seen and heard by many others around the world. So I'm wishing you all the best and I look forward to connecting with you soon, whether it be by social media or in a coaching session. All right. Take care. 